When you hear so many different ideas about good health, how do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Hello, everyone around the world. Thank you for taking the time out of your very busy day to hang out with me, Lisa, and Michelle for another fabulous hour of Healthy View Radio. This is the place to be to get the lowdown on everything you ever wanted to know about health, but we're afraid to ask. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Zoller. If you are like most folks and spend the majority of your time working all day long inside and you don't get access to daily sunshine, you could be low on vitamin D. Zoller has a vitamin D3 supplement that can help boost your levels of D and improve your health. And we've got a great deal for you today. So grab a pen and paper and write this down. I'll wait a second. <laughs> grab that pen and paper because you're going to want to write this down. Go to ZollerD3.com. That's Z-A-H-L-E-R-D3.com and enter coupon code HVR. ZD335. I'll say that again. I know it's a lot of numbers. <laughs> Enter coupon code HVRDZD335. One more time. HVRZD335. And that exclusive coupon code will get you 35% off your purchase of Zoller Vitamin D3. Now, that's not to be confused with 10% or 20% or even 25%. That is 35% off of your purchase of Zoller's vitamin D3. So you get to boost your D, improve your health, and get a great bargain in the process. That's the way that we take care of you here at the Healthy View. <laughs> so now on to our hot topic of the day. We're going to be talking about bloating with a capital blah. And if you are, you know, like if your friends have been referring to you as gaseous clay and you've been knocking them out with your uppercuts of odiferous bowel odors, or you sit to a meal and afterwards you feel like you're eight months pregnant with no birth date in sight, you're going to want to stay right where you are. On our show today, we have Dr. Ken Brown, a gastroenterologist, and he's going to enlighten us about bowel health, IBS, and SIBO. So if your belly sounds like you swallowed a cat in heat, <laughs> you're, you're going to want to hear what he has to say. And now it's time for us to take a deep dive into the bowels and talk about bloating, gas, and pain, and all of that uncomfortable stuff. So have you ladies got any good stories to share with our listening audience about gas and bloating? And, uh, and don't be shy. We're all friends here. I do. I do. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you my story. I had that eight-month pregnant thing for the last 25 years, and I can't tell you how many doctors sent me for colonoscopies and MRIs and told me to take more fiber. And it was only three years ago that I finally found somebody to test me for SIBO. Many of you haven't heard about SIBO. You're going to hear a lot about it coming up. But yes, I have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Super, super hard to treat. Long story there. But thanks to Atrontiel, which I'll talk about later, I'm doing so good. Wow. So <laughs> for 25 years, you're walking yeah. around because you're... You, 
Lisa looks great, you guys. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen her in person. Lisa looks amazing. So you were, you were walking around looking 20, like you were uh, pregnant so for 25 years? No, here's the thing. I got Campylobacter, which is kind of like a salmonella type of food poisoning when I was like in my early 30s, maybe late 20s even, after I had my first baby. Um, and it was just weird. It would come and go, come and go. You wouldn't notice it on me, but it's like the kind of thing at the end of the day, you unzip your jeans and it's like, Wah! and <laughs> it doesn't really feel good. Like you kind of start going like, Oh, like my body just feels so unattractive, you know? And it was really bothersome, but it would be really bad for a while. Then it would be better for a while, bad. And I just said, this isn't normal. I have to figure out what's really going on here. And nobody really believed me. And even when I finally got this diagnosis, I was like, thank you. You know, my friends and family were like, you're making this up. That's not a real thing. Uh, but lo and behold, it's super common. It's like something like 75 million people, I think, have SIBO and they just, most of them don't even know it. So you're going to be hearing a lot about this issue in the next coming years. In fact, I believe most IBS cases have SIBO underneath and I don't even have IBS. So, lucky um, you. I'm, yeah. No, I'm so lucky because I'm so I feel so healthy. I don't have any symptoms at all except for this bloating. Some people get super, super sick from this stuff. Huh. And what about you, Michelle? What kind of farty stuff you got going on? Ah, I was dying <laughs> laughing when you said about the cat in the heat, like that noise. I never heard it described that way before, but that is perfect. Perfect. Because I when I was in my 20s, I was dealing with so many digestive problems and I was really embarrassed. I was dating my husband at the time and he would hear these sounds coming from my belly and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to cover it up. <laughs> and you know, the closer you get to someone, you get more comfortable about these things. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what it is. I don't know, my stomach <laughs> just makes these noises. I went, through, I went through a lot trying to figure out my digestion. I ended up taking like, everything out of my diet. I didn't really know what I was doing elimination diet wise at the time. I just stopped eating like pretty much anything besides like brown rice and chickpeas or something like that. And, uh, and slowly, slowly things got better, but it took me a long time because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. The cat in heat in your belly is, um, it, it was the sounds that I too heard when I, when I first started my journey into health and wellness, right? Got healthy, took out all the crap food. And then uh, I was eating a, a macrobiotic diet at the time. And it was a lot of grain. Like, you know, this is a long time ago, like 20 years ago. So it was a lot of grain, like 50% of your plate was grain, which is a lot of grain. So, you know, I would sit down to a meal and the cat and heat was there. And I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is that? You know, and at the time I also had candida. So I definitely had digestive stuff going on. I never had the, the pregnant bloat, um, but uh, I, you know, I, I get gas. I, I'm going to admit it right now. I, I get gas. <laughs> it's a normal thing. I think I once read a, 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 a quote that people gas like a hundred times a day or something like that. Like some hard, like number that you would never think. And the interesting thing is, when I get my period, and for those fellas that are listening right now, period is another word for menstrual cycle. It's not the end of a sentence, dot, right? It's a <laughs> menstrual cycle. So when I get my menstrual cycle, I actually have more 
gas, like a little bit of bloating comes and some gas then at other times of the month. And I know today it's because the liver is, you know, it's the storehouse for the blood and it's, it's got to store the blood and it's got to release the blood. And, and it also has to do the digestive stuff at the same time. So if there is any, anything that's compromised within the liver or within the digestive system, when you get your period, guys, you don't have to worry about that stuff, getting your period. But when the ladies get their period, there's going to be a tendency toward bloating and more gas. Uh, so uh, I, I no longer have a cat in heat in my belly. <laughs> good. That's good, good news. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. That it can be really scary to the people around you. Well, what you just said was really interesting. You said that, I don't know if that number is true, but you know, people pass gas 100 times a day, even 50 times a day or whatever. That sounds like an awful lot. But I swear to you girls, there was a time in my life I did not pass gas at all because I would not let myself. Oh, <laughs> yes. What? Just like women are not allowed to have um, gray hair and we're not allowed to get older and we're not allowed to have body odor and we're not allowed to have, you know, the old Disney films, the Cinderella. She barely has a nose and her feet are always pointed. You know, that's how we're supposed to be in the world, right? You're not allowed to fart. That, oh that was the cat in my stomach. <laughs> I, re I remember like when I started college and there was a guy I met who had never had sisters and he was like, girls fart? <laughs> like he really thought it was like a guy thing. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. But I'll tell you the weirdest thing with like the SIBO stuff, all that gas, instead of going out the back, it goes into the belly and that's where it's going. So if you got that big belly and you fart, you're like the world. <laughs> because otherwise it's just hanging out there in that tummy and making your jeans tight. No fun. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. It does hang out there. You know, you have the little pockets and it hangs out there. So we have, um, uh, there's a, a healer that I see. Um, I love her to death and her name is Master Park and I love her and she's an energy worker and she does, you know, body work, but she also does directly into your stomach, right? A stomach and bowels. She goes very deeply in there. And uh, I, I kid to my husband, he says, don't do that. And I call her Master Fart because... <laughs> <laughs> because she presses and you hear it moving. You hear it gurgling all the way down. Um, and, you know, it, it's, but she's, she's fantastic. But she does move it out uh, and sometimes forcibly. <laughs> I love those stomach massages. Oh, out in Miraval in Arizona, they do this Chinese stomach thing where it's like I spend a whole hour just on your belly. And most people are like, don't go near my belly. I'm like, bring it on. You know, I love that. I wish more massage therapists and practitioners would do belly work. Have you guys ever done the thing where you lie over a yoga block or a rolled up towel or something to that effect? You just lie on your belly, you put it underneath your belly. A yoga block is hard, so it presses in very strenuously, but a towel would be much softer. When, when I first learned to do that in a yoga class and I was starting to get in touch with my stomach, I realized, again, women... I don't know if you feel this way. I was constantly holding my stomach in. I was going through life mm. clenched in that area. You can imagine how that affected my mood and everything else, but it certainly wasn't helping things move. So the massaging and this idea of like lying over a block made a big difference for me. Oh, that's awesome. You right on your belly? Yeah, you lie down on your stomach and then it would slide right under your belly between your ribs and your hips. 
Cool. I'm going to try that up at Kerfalo this weekend. Yeah. Lots of yoga blocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girls. Well, uh, you know, we have some answers coming today uh, because today we will be speaking with Dr. Ken Brown. He received his medical degree from the University of Nebraska. He's a board-certified gastroenterologist. Say that 10 times fast, gastroenterologist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he has been in practice for the fast past 15 years with a clinical focus on inflammatory bowel disease. For the past 10 years, he has been conducting clinical research for various pharmaceutical companies. And during this time, he saw the unmet need for something natural that could help his IBS patients find real relief. So after working on the development of his natural alternative for his clients, Atrantil was launched into the summer of 2015. Dr. Brown and his research team developed Atrantil with the intent of helping people that are suffering from the debilitating symptoms of IBS. And we, we have, uh, you know, Lisa is a perfect example. She's going to talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, but she's, she's a big fan. She's a big fan of his work and, and the stuff he's been bringing to the world. So we're really happy to have him on today. Um, so I want you, everybody, to get your small intestine ready for some answers, answers from a gastro pro. But before we dive down into the human bowels, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Giovanni Echo Chic Cosmetics. Uh, by the way, Echo Chic means this line of products is both natural and stylish. You can choose from a plethora of gel, mousse, hairspray, leave-in conditioners, vitamin hair treatments, and hair reconstructors to achieve a, a unique look and style without having to resort to unnatural alternatives. You can find out more about Giovanni by going to GiovanniCosmetics.com forward slash HBR. That's G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I Cosmetics.com forward slash HBR. And you get a $2 downloadable coupon. And we'll be right back after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighouse, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? 
Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Lisa, and I am beyond excited to get to interview Dr. Ken Brown today. I think Andrea described it really well when she said, our bellies and bowels are very excited to have him on the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Dr. Brown. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I have the new title of our next study for sure. I'm just going to call it the Cat in Heat Bowel (laughs) Trial. When we do our large multinational study with Atrantio, it'll just be called the Cat in Heat. I love that. Love that. So I have to tell all our listeners how I met Dr. Ken Brown. I was at a conference this summer out in San Diego, and I'm looking over the roster of all the guests, and there are all these famous naturopaths and doctors, and I'm like, creator of Entra Teal? No way! And I literally put out a search party for this guy. I was looking for him because I was like, I got to meet this guy. Because as I mentioned in the first round, I am a SIBO sufferer. And Dr. Brown was this guy that had researched a natural remedy called Atrantil. I actually carry it with me all the time, Atrantil. And I had started using it, but I wanted to know more about it firsthand. And he was so gracious. And I started using it regularly ever since then. And honestly, it's a game changer for me. So Dr. Brown, thank you, number one. Oh, no. Thank you for trying it out and trusting it. That's beautiful. I love hearing that kind of endorsement. Yeah, yeah, no. I tell everybody about it, even my doctor. <laughs> I like bring it around. I'm like a walking ad. But anyway, <laughs> so we, we like to start every guest with two of our Ask Every Guest questions. And the first one is, what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, um, I'm staying pretty heavy keto right now. So I had a bunch of bacon and some cheesy eggs. And a cup of coffee. That was it. Yeah, that sounds yummy. Oh, that wow. was it. That was it. Yeah. You guys. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind that of a fan of, I kind of <laughs> oscillate between paleo and keto back and forth. And so I, I'm in my kind of keto phase at the moment. Yeah, it seems to be the place to be right now. A lot of people are in the keto place right now. What is the one thing you do every day that has the greatest impact on your life? <sighs> The one thing that I do is I actually try to do some mindfulness meditation. I think that that has probably had the greatest app. um, It's augmented my life the most. Um, Just a simple 20-minute mindfulness meditation when I wake up every morning. And uh, I think that that keeps the busy thoughts under control. You know, I'm still a practicing gastroenterologist. We've got Atrantil. We're doing shows and different things like that. Sometimes the the brain gets to racing a little too much. Learning the mindfulness technique, I think has helped quite a bit just to calm it down. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. So we're going to be talking a little bit about IBS and SIBO today. And some of our listeners might not be familiar with those terms. Can, so can you just talk very briefly about what the typical symptoms that somebody suffering from IBS or SIBO might have when they come to see you? Sure. So one of the problems with the definition of irritable bowel syndrome or IBS 
is that it's a kind of a trash can term in our industry. So if anybody shows up with abdominal pain, change in bowel habits, relieved by going to the bathroom, then if you do the workup and it's negative, chances are you're going to be labeled as having irritable bowel syndrome. So in other words, you go see a doctor, they do blood work, they possibly do an endoscopy and colonoscopy, you're told that it's normal, you get patted on the head and say, oh, you have IBS. I don't like that definition at all because just about everybody fits it. So irritable bowel syndrome is a diagnosis of exclusion. So if they can't find something wrong, you'll be labeled as having IBS. And that's where we were 10 years ago when we were doing clinical research on irritable bowel syndrome. And Dr. Mark Pimentel was one of the first people to really kind of link the idea that, wait a minute, this abdominal pain is actually being caused by gas, which is being caused by bacteria growing where it shouldn't be. And that's the whole SIBO concept, the whole bacterial overgrowth concept. So that's where the two kind of got married about 10 years ago when that concept started coming over. And now we're seeing a lot more doctors realize that, oh, well, IBS is just a label. SIBO is probably the cause of all these issues. And if we treat the SIBO, then we can get these people feeling better. Does that make sense? Total. So then the majority of IBS patients really have SIBO. So we were one of the leading enrolling sites for the Vifaxin trial uh, where it got its FDA approval for IBS at D. And I have a huge, what you would call IBS practice, and I don't label anybody as having IBS. I always feel like we can find something else. The majority is going to be SIBO. And then when people don't respond to the typical SIBO treatments, we start diving deeper. And I'm finding a lot of really interesting things that have just been missed. And people have walked around with things like celiac disease or Crohn's disease or even more ominous things like carcinoid syndrome or mastocytosis. These are all diagnoses that I was a second opinion that people have walked around for years because they thought they just had IBS. So I think that there's something to be said about not believing that diagnosis and trying to go deeper and finding a reason. And at what point did you realize that the traditional protocol just wasn't working for most people? Well, or, we kind of knew right off It wasn't working for many people. I don't know for most people, but many. Yeah, so I'll take you back. So when I was doing the clinical research, um, Dr. Pimentel and I were talking, and he goes, the problem that we're going to run into is that any of these people that are bloated with constipation, they're not going to respond to the traditional treatment. And here's the reason. When people that have bacterial overgrowth have bloating with constipation, you may have a type of bacteria called an archaeobacter. The thing that makes these type of bacteria very unique is that they're in their own kingdom and they produce a gas called methane. So methane-producing bacteria don't respond to the antibiotics that we have available in modern medicine. So he, we were talking and he said, this is, this is going to be an ongoing issue. I have animal models that show that we can treat these animals with Zyfaxin and these different treatments and they're not going to get better because nothing really affects this type of bacteria called an archaeobacter. So I was in my office on a dry erase board and I had put out the formula for the production of methane and my research manager came in 
And we got to talking, and at one point in her career, she was a policy writer for a senator in Iowa, and she remembered that they were trying to decrease methane production in cattle for the greenhouse effect. So we were privy to a lot of this literature, so we knew immediately that if we could figure out a natural way to get rid of these archaeobacter or these methane-producing bacteria, that we would, it would really be a huge game changer and we would be able to help millions of people. So we started the whole process going, we can do this naturally and we can do it more effective than the current pharmacologic agents out there. And it sounds like maybe start to reverse some of the global climate change. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes, well, I, I did overhear you guys talking about the amount of flatulence that gets passed in a day. So yeah, hopefully we can help a little bit of that also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is the exact number? Isn't it? What, what is, can you enlighten us, Doc? <laughs> Would you like the, uh, yeah, with, so the, the classic med school definition of the typical amount of gas is variable, but anywhere between like 470 millimoles, mils per 24 hours to 1500 milliliters in a 24-hour period. So it's not the um, <laughs> how many times you pass it, it's the total volume of gas that actually has been measured in medical studies. It sounds like a but big bomb. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, that just, uh, there's a big difference between 500 and 1,500 mil. So. Who needs windmill but, power? Like, we should be. We're you know, saving I, the I, world right now. Yeah, We're figuring it out. I just always tell my patients it's very funny because the, uh, it sort of depends on whatever job my patients have that makes them concerned about the amount of flatulence that they do have. Obviously, if you're in close quarters and uh, you can't get away from people, then they're much more sensitive to it. I've got landscapers that never even think about it. So that kind of shows the difference. <laughs> So let's go back to this um, research you were doing. And so was Atrantil mainly developed for methane gas SIBO sufferers as opposed to hydrogen gas SIBO sufferers? That is a great question. We started going out, uh, we started going down that pathway, um, putting these three ingredients together just to make sure that we could get rid of the archaeobacter or the methane producer. But keep in mind, what's happening in SIBO is Something shocks your, in your upper intestine. We're not talking about your colon. We need our microbiome, but our microbiome should be living in your colon. Once it moves and you start having bacteria grow in the upper intestine, every time you eat specifically starchy foods, the bacteria will start to break it down before you can, and that's what produces that big bowling ball feeling, and the gas starts going there. So when we developed Atrantil, we knew that we were really going to have to get rid of the hardest player in that whole cascade, which is the Archaeobacter. In doing so, what we did is actually decrease the total amount of bacteria there. And by taking away the hydrogen, because the Quebracho works to soak it up, we effectively treat people that have both hydrogen-producing bacteria and methane-producing we now know that it's not quite a complete black and white because the bacteria are very adaptable. They will kind of shift back and forth. So our initial studies were done on bloated, constipated people. But since we've launched, we've had quite a bit of success with basically if you bloat and have diarrhea, which means you're producing hydrogen sulfide, we're having pretty good results with that as well. 
So amazing. You know, one thing people ask me all the time about Atrantil, they go, oh, is it a probiotic? And I'm like, no, no, no. Probiotics are really complicated when it comes to SIBO. Can you explain why? So the probiotics, it's a, it's a great, great concept. We, we know that our microbiome is extremely important for us, and we walk around with 100 trillion bacteria in our colon. The problem with the probiotics are that we've had a somewhat of a difficult time reproducing the benefits in large clinical trials. That being said, it can be very good for some people. Now, if you have a high bacteria burden or lots of SIBO, one of the things people don't realize is they're trying to overwhelm it by taking probiotics. You can be adding gasoline to the fire. So if you've got a bunch of bacteria having a party in your small bowel, you go, oh, I want to feel better. I'm going to take, you know, 80 billion units. A lot of my patients actually come in and they're like, I've been taking these probiotics and I feel way worse. So in some people, we actually say don't take any probiotics while you're being treated because that could be contributing to the problem. That's one of the issues is it's almost like adding fuel to the fire, so to speak. And so would that also apply to eating fermented, like lacto-fermented vegetables? A debated topic. Um, certain protocols like Cedar sinai protocols, they don't let any of their patients have fermented foods or probiotics. Um, I'm not as strict with that because I'm actually kind of a fan of fermented foods of kimchi and things like that because that's got polyphenols in it and the bacteria are actually kind of interwoven into the you know through the fermentation process and that can actually go to the colon and start helping your colonic bacteria also which we want that to keep going so i'm not really strict on the whole eating fermented foods i do have almost all my patients come in that are already on a probiotic so it's really easy to say well it's not working why don't we just hold it and what are some of the benefits, the other benefits they get from having those polyphenols in their diet? This is something you're going to be seeing a whole lot of. Uh, the polyphenols, what they are is they're a class of molecules that are on like the skins of vegetables and fruits. And we now know that those are the molecules that are probably the most beneficial component of the Mediterranean diet. So there's been a lot of research where we realize that these polyphenols you take them in, they work sort of as an anti-inflammatory in the intestines a little bit, but when they get to the colon, your colonic bacteria are able to break these polyphenolic compounds down into beneficial things that your body needs. So in other words, what people like in the Mediterranean area do, they eat about 10 times as much polyphenols as we do. What they're doing is they're continually giving their bacteria good resources and letting them decide what your body needs. So I always kind of joke around with my patients. I say, we look at a woman who's pregnant and you go, oh, she's eating for two, but we should all be eating for a hundred trillion. And one way to do that <laughs> would be to really increase the amount of polyphenols that you have. Some of the studies that are going on with it are really, really, really cool. Um, for instance, there was a study that came out where it looked at a, uh, pomegranate extract, the particular polyphenol in that, and they noticed that our colonic bacteria break that down into something that makes aging and sick mitochondria go away. To put it a different way, when you take something like that, it's an anti-aging food because the reason why we age 
as our cells get older, our cells get sicker, and then they start showing the damage. This is one way that you can actually get your cells to police themselves and go, oh, you are getting uh, too slow. Why don't you just go away? And it's a compound called urolithin. They've even narrowed it down to what compound it is. So this is the kind of cool research that's going on right now. A lot of things have been trying to manipulate the microbiome. And there's a lot of researchers now realizing, you know, let's quit trying to shove one type of bacteria at it or do whatever. And if we can just get the microbiome to be very diverse, meaning you got lots of different species, the best way to do it is to just continually feed those bacteria what they want and they'll continue to proliferate and they'll do all the things that your body really needs. It's pretty fascinating how we're learning, how we're interacting with our own bacteria. Crazy, crazy fascinating. But you had me at uh, anti-aging over there. It's always a whole lot easier to get my patients to try and change their diet if I say anything regarding weight loss or anti-aging. If I say <laughs> <Yeah>. cardiovascular <laughs> health, dementia prevention, uh, coronary artery disease, diabetes prevention, which it does all those things also. Ah, it's who like, cares yeah, yeah, about yeah. that and stuff? I go, but you're going to look younger. <laughs> And they go, oh, what do I need to start eating again? I'm like, okay, there we go. So that's our target. <laughs> well, dementia too. I think that would be kind of a big bummer, you know. Yeah, that's the um, you know that's one of the things. I was in Spain last summer, and I'm walking around, and like seventy percent of the people seem to be smoking, and they're eating what they want, cured meats and bread for breakfast, and you know, drinking wine with most meals. And you know, they everybody says, oh, it's because they exercise a whole lot more, and I'm like, no, I don't think so. I mean, I was there for a full month. I came back and I started looking up the incidence of chronic disease. And here in America, it's sad, but we're number one in diabetes. We're number one in dementia. We're number one in coronary artery disease. What is going on? That's, um, those are horrible stats. And here, we're trying to prevent it. Uh, you know, we got gyms on every corner. We're always talking about weight loss. People are always trying to figure out the newest thing, the drug to take to prevent this. And you're looking at other countries that just don't seem to pay that much attention and they outlive us. It's got to be something in the way that we're eating. Yeah, I agree. And, and you said something really interesting. You said that there's a, a variety of species that need to be fed in our microbiome. So wouldn't it make sense for people to eat seasonally to change the, because each season, the bacteria changes in the soil. And so if we're eating seasonally, wouldn't we, we be giving our bacteria a variety of different foods and bacteria as well? Oh, I got to tell you, I think that's brilliant. And I've never thought of it that way, but that's absolutely brilliant because <laughs> we, we do know that um, the more that you feed a certain bacteria, the more that bacteria can actually send signals to get more of that. And what I mean is when you have people that eat a very high refined sugar diet and you look at their microbiome diversity, it's very limited. And there is some evidence to show that those bacteria are making you crave it more because they're demanding more. So you're almost not under the same control. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I got in a long discussion um, with an author named Trisha Nelson where she wrote a book called Heal Your Hunger, and it's the emotional eater aspect. And we got into a long discussion about this, like, wow, 
some of this could be that the bacteria are making you crave certain things. It's not just that you want it. It's that you're growing this more species that wants that. On the flip side, listening to what you're talking about, seasonal eating, they recently found an African tribe that's one of the last hunter-gatherer tribes. So they move and they eat what they can get. They eat what's growing seasonally, and they have a predominantly plant-based diet, but they can get the protein when they can get the protein. And they analyze their stool, and they have some of the most diverse microbiome of any population base that's actually been studied, which is super fascinating and fits to exactly what you just said. Probably That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> so, Dr. Ken, where can people learn more about you and your incredible product, Atrantil? Um, your listeners can go to a website called lovemytummy.com. And if you go to lovemytummy.com slash HVR for you, I think we're giving your listeners a special uh, discount using the code HVR. Woo-hoo. That's for Healthy View Radio, HVR. Well, I can't tell you how, how fabulous it was having you on the show today. And I know I learned so much, and I'm sure our listeners learned so much as well. So thank you. Yeah, since it's uh, Facebook Live, I'm going to have to get back to work here. I'm actually in clinic. Um, but certainly if anybody wants to answer, ask some Facebook questions, I'm sure that our team would love to answer it as well. So, Oh, it's very generous of you, Doc. Yeah, that's awesome. So listeners out there, type your questions in the comments and we'll get great answers for you. So right now we need to take a little short break. And if you need to use the bathroom, this is a great time to do so. <laughs> and then we'll be back talking more about your health and ours. See you in a bit. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio. This is Michelle Fenickhouse, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Andrea Beeman and Lisa Lutan. Today, we've been talking about bloating, IBS, SIBO, all kinds of digestive discomfort, and basically retelling the story of my 20s. So I appreciate the walk down memory lane, you guys. Speaking of all this stuff, I want to thank our sponsor, Atrantil. If you suffer from any of the aforementioned conditions or diarrhea, constipation, and of course, the bloating, and you want a natural solution that supports good health, go to lovemytummy.com slash HVR and get 10% off your purchase. That's lovemytummy.com slash HVR for Healthy View Radio. Now, some of our listeners may already know this, but Andrea, Lisa, and I are all practicing health coaches. That's what we do for a living. And we take a holistic, integrative approach to health. So as we've been talking about digestion and bloating today and the foods that we're eating and what happens in somebody's microbiome and they eat too much sugar, et cetera, I can't help but think about some of my clients. And I was wondering, what are some things that you guys are seeing in your practice or maybe some successes that you're having? So I loved what the doctor said about the um, taking the probiotics and it not helping certain people. So when I get a client that their mind cannot shut off and they're not feeling good, like I know the connection between the small intestine and the mind in traditional Chinese medicine, right? So if they tell me that they lie down to bed at night and they can't, the, the thoughts are going, 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 and they can't stop, I tell them, stop taking any probiotics that you're taking, right? Because the whole body is connected. And wouldn't you know it? Every single time they take out the probiotics, they, the thoughts kind of calm down a little bit. It's because the bacteria is very active, talking to each other. Hey, they're having a little party, right? Then the mind is going, okay, let's have a party too. <laughs> and the whole thing is connected, right? Uh, so that's one of the things that I notice with clients. You know, if, if they have that mental chatter that is incessant, they get off the probiotics. That is so cool, Andrea, because like uh, everyone I meet in the world has that going on. <laughs> so I think I have a new thing to pull out of my back pocket to tell them I never knew there was that probiotic connection. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, the doctor said that sometimes it's one specific bacteria that is in there, right? So there could be like for the people, the standard American eaters, let's say they're just having white flour and, and you know, sugar and all that. They're feeding one specific bacteria. So they're going to have a thought that is stuck in a crag, stuck in a crag, stuck in a crag. Whereas you have the other side of the field, the people that are in the health and wellness industry that are going probiotic crazy and kombucha all day, <laughs> fermented veggies with every single meal, right? And they're having, I can't, there's so many thoughts. I can't get my mind together, right? There's everything all over the place. So it's, you have to look at, you know, the, the whole body is connected. It's having all of these, these reactions and it's showing up here. That's really interesting because I was thinking of a client of mine, just to continue this conversation of like the connection between the gut and the mind, mm. who I'm speaking with her and it really just feels like her energy is stuck. Everything's just, I'm okay. Uh-huh. Sounds good. You know, and it's like hard to get some fire under her butt, you know? Which <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and as, as we're working together, you know, she said, you know what, um, I've been having a, such an easier time 
going number two. You know, I forget how she said it, but she said it delicately, of course, because she's a lady. Back to that <laughs> whole thing. But, you know, she said I'd, she had never even told me that she had been constipated. But, you know, and sometimes people don't even realize it because to them it's normal if you only poop, you know, once a week or something. But she said, oh, I'm actually going every day. I said, oh, wow, <laughs> I didn't realize you weren't before. And she said, yeah, and it's just so much easier. And I thought, you know, it's like something's stuck. You know, something's been stuck in her. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yes. But, and, you know, starting to see some more energy in her mind as well. Well, I think there's that whole food mood, you know, connection. And then when we bring in that gut bacteria piece, it's kind of like, that's the piece that makes it happen. And that's that whole new understanding around it. And I know I do a lot of elimination diets with people and a lot of work around sugar. And the biggest thing I see is mood, you know, yeah, that's like, oh, isn't that interesting? That makes me gassy. Isn't that interesting? That makes me sleepy, blah, blah, blah. But the mood piece is huge. And, you know, for me, I try to stay away from sugar a lot, not all the time, but a lot because of mood. It's not because of a weight thing. It's not because of, you know, really any other reason than I want to be a happy person. And I have found that's what it takes for me to feel like a happy functioning person. Oh, that's good. You know, like um, I, uh, with my clients, I, I love them. I love them because they bring me so much stuff. And when I tell them, like, I have these online programs. So, like, I have my nourishing thyroid program right now. And the first, like, in the first module, I go through every single food that you could imagine, right? A nice, diverse diet. And then I tell them that they have to eat seasonally. And they're like, what does that mean? What? Seasonal? You mean, like, what's in the grocery store? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I want you to actually go to a farmer's market and see what is available at each time of year, meaning you're not going to have broccoli, even though it's a healthy food, you're not going to have broccoli every single week at the farmer's market, especially if you live in a four or a five season climate, not going to happen. So remember what the doctor said about changing, there's the different bacteria needs to be fed. When we rotate our diet with the seasons and what's available at each time of year within the soil is different bacteria every single time. Every single time. So when I shift, I send them, okay, here's all the food that you can eat, but you, got, you can't have um, watermelon in December in New York City. Even, you can get it in any grocery store. I understand that. I get it. But don't have it. Feed your body what the seasons provide because this is going to make, make the internal environment in harmony with the external environment and feed the right bacteria. Yeah, and what's so great about that is that somebody's not going to go and grab asparagus from a can. They're going right. to go get fresh asparagus. And also what I love about seasonal eating, when you start thinking about it, you know, in the, in the springtime, it's getting warmer. You're eating those lighter lettuces. As the winter's coming, you're eating those heavier, you know, squashes. And it makes so much sense, but most people just are not really thinking about it that way. But they're doing it. I mean, a lot of people will naturally gravitate towards these things, given the choice, right? But if you walk into the same Panera every day for lunch, you know, they got the same options any week of the year. So I think this is kind of also goes back to doing more cooking and shopping in the first place. Yeah, yeah. which nobody wants to do. I hear it all the time. They're like, what? You want me to what? Get in the where? <laughs> that place? That thing where I can sometimes go for water? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, I've been holding cooking classes lately on my Facebook page and I'm, it's, it's been a big hit. Even people who know how to cook, you know, don't you just love watching the Food Network sometimes and seeing how people are putting things together? I like to pretend that I have all those people prepping my ingredients for me. Even though it, was really just, <laughs> it was really just me five minutes ago, but it feels good when it's all pre-measured like that. <laughs> Last night, I was running my living at group, and we were invited by an, um, an appliance showroom that does cooking classes. They wanted us to all come in, and they made dinner for us. And it was delish. It was like salmon and like kale salad with carrots. And the point was for you know them to show us how simple it is to make a really good, healthy meal. But we just got lucky and had a, a good dinner. <laughs> I'm guessing, you guys, that no, like I bet none of us have clients who come to us because they want to learn how to cook, certainly, or they want to improve their mood. They probably don't think that that's why they're showing up, you know. Well, sometimes, like it's the rare, rare bunch, you know, like I have a, a healthy health and wellness cooking certification program, and it's the rare bunch. It's the people that actually understand the concept of food and health that want to get into the kitchen. The people that are showing up to your Facebook page for your cooking classes, those are the people that are like, okay, I know that there's a connection. I need to know that this is important. This is health insurance. Getting into the kitchen and cooking is your health insurance, hands down. Absolutely. It's delicious. Look, I look at yes. Michelle, I look at her pictures on Instagram of what she's making, and I'm like, <laughs> can I come to your cooking class? Like, it looks so good and easy, and I'm so impressed. She's cooking these incredible meals every night. I'm and like, she has kids. And yeah. I hear from clients all the time, constantly, my kids aren't going to eat this. They're not going to eat that. And I, what? Who's the parent? Who's... Who's making the rules? Was the four-year-old making the rules in the house? What? Not in my house. Mm-mm. I make one meal. My kids either eat it or they don't. That's it. They, Good girl. That's I'll just how it. it's always been. But, <laughs> but, you, know, uh, you know, I was thinking that most people are coming to me in the first place because they want to lose weight, right? That's just the thing that often is getting them in the door. And even though that happens and people lose weight, I think that when we improve digestion as a first step. And we have people cooking more as a first step, you know, the weight loss comes, it comes slowly and sustainably over time. But you know, I had um, a recent client, she's a nurse, she always had phones, like three phones ringing on her body at any given moment. She came to me like, I want to lose weight. Oh, yeah. And I've got a lot of gas. I'm like, all right, sister. (laughs) You know, when I did that thing with her where you, um, you chew one bite of rice or one mm. mouthful of rice like a hundred times just to see what happens. It's pretty amazing. So for any listeners who are curious about this, get one scoop of brown rice and put it in your pie hole. 100 <laughs> chews later, <laughs> what we're talking about, about the digestive enzymes that are happening in your mouth. I had her do that and I had her start taking some apple cider vinegar and a small amount of water. Those two things alone and the gas was like 90% relieved. You know, and we got to the weight loss. That came in. Yes, that comes naturally, actually. Yeah. So I remember I was talking about my nourishing thyroid program in my module number two, the almost the entire thing is about chewing and the digestive process. And that digestion does not begin in the stomach. It begins here and it begins with your senses. So if somebody smells their food before they stick it in their pie hole, if they look at their food and it looks appetizing, you're going to stimulate your digestive juices and that's going to help you absorb the food better and excrete the waste. So I had, um, how are we doing on time? I had a client who had a uh, 
she was uh, 54 years old, right? And, uh, and she wanted to lose weight. And I said, okay, first thing we have to do, and she was hypothyroid. I said, first thing we have to do is we have to chew food. And she goes, what? <laughs> uh, I'm, 50, I'm 54 years old. I, you don't think I know how to chew my food? I said, okay, just, you know, for shits and giggles. I just want you to, uh, just for, for two weeks until we talk again, I'd like you to chew 25 times per mouthful and then tell me your thoughts, Right. Next time that we spoke, she said, oh, my God. She goes, I was literally swallowing my food. She said, I would take one bite, two bites, and boom, it went down the hatch. I said, this is one of the reasons why you gained 30 pounds. So all she did was change. I mean, she changed her food, but there wasn't a big, like, go to the gym 27 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Chewing, chewing, the weight started to come off. Slowing down, relaxing, looking at food, smelling at food before shoveling it into the face, (laughs) right? Before putting it into the system makes a huge difference. And I think that this is part of the reasons why so many people have digestive problems in the first place. I Do would absolutely like, agree. You know, smoothies. Have you ever heard that? Like, chew your smoothie. And like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, but they're saying to chew it, right? So at least you can sort of mimic the chewing action to stimulate the body's digestive system. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah, chew your smoothies. Or how about this? Like, don't make smoothies. Just <laughs> <laughs> Eat your greens a different way, guys. So in uh, today's discussion, I think overall I'm thinking that most people think that their digestive issues are normal. They don't even think that they're issues. They just think that's how life is. I know that's how I felt. I thought it was normal to be doubled over in pain in the bathroom at the bar while all my friends were out having fun, you know, (laughs) dancing with guys. I just thought that's how life was. So just because something's common doesn't mean that it's normal. Having gas pain, the bloating, the constipation doesn't have to be a way of life. And, um, you know, that really is your body sending you signal. So I want you guys to kind of give your big takeaways from today's topic as well. And also share with our listeners your health coaching URL, you know, where we always talk about our guests and where we can find our guests, but what about us? So for me, my website is findyourbalancehealth.com. I just want to say also that if you do know something's wrong and your doctor says you're fine, don't take that at face value because sometimes doctors aren't as up to date on a lot of this gut health these gut health issues as some of the other integrative or functional doctors are. So keep looking for answers. I mean, I hate to say it, it took me 25 years, but I did get the answers eventually because I trusted my gut that something wasn't right. And I'm really happy that I did because I finally could have relief. Anyway, my website is healthyhappyandhip.com and I'd love for you to stop by and say hi. I, I like to stop by both you gals and <laughs> say hello because I think you're fabulous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my takeaway from, from this to share with people is that to slow down, right? First of all, slow down. You know, like our gut is, it, it's, it's, this is a symptom of something else that's happening, right? We're out of balance. We're out of balance in so many ways. So slow down because while we're here on the planet, we have to be able to absorb our food for our mind for our body, right? The food builds the body, but according to ancient wisdom, it also is responsible for our thoughts and how we're thinking and how we are in the world. So slow down, relax, chew your food. And, um, and my website is www.andreabeeman.com and I'd be happy to show you how to chew. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to our guest, Ken Brown, for joining us for this episode of Healthy View Radio. It's been a real gas. <laughs> Catch us next week live streaming at healthyviewradio.com and subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.